Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And you are listening to Around, Around the, the Way, Way Curls. We are two Philly bred best friends who strive to produce content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks because, because duality, duality is, is a thing. Yizzo! Hey, girl. I feel like that was a fake one. It wasn't even the right pitch. Really? It didn't even come. It didn't come from my diaphragm this time around. Mm. It was deflated, mm. impotent, oh, lackluster. Well, inauthentic. What a way to start this episode. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I'm fine. It's late. You sound it, huh? It's late, but I'm here, and I'm present. And I'm showing up fully. You know that this is what the time that we used to always record, right? Well, that You've was just been it was unsustainable. It you know, you had to put Joe to bed though. She wasn't. I old can't believe yet. I was doing that. Wow, what what a what a queen! That was crazy. <laughs> what a queen! So, for the people watching on Patreon, you see this curly hair girl just shaking her head off to the side. And we are joined by a guest today, and you heard from her before on the Family Feud episode, but we are joined none other, by, joined by none other than my only sibling in the world, Aww. my sister, Aww. Tina. You only have Tina. Sister. Hey Shanti, I was on here with you before Shanti. I know, this is, this is a first and it's not going to be the last. Oh, wow. I'll tell you that. Or hot topics. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> see how she does. Um, Celeste, I'm just going to ask that you be cognizant that you speak up because your computer is serving as your microphone, but that's fine. Yes. Um, but anyway, we are going to get into updates. Shanti, please take us into your lovely updates. What's crack a lacking? I've just been learning a lot, been listening to lots of sexy things. I learned about this subscription and podcast called Dipsy. Have you heard of this, ladies? No. no. So apparently it's created by women for women, and it's just a auditory pleasure podcast. So rather than the visuals of porn, they offer you the audio of a couple. They have all these scenarios, and they're like these sexy sex stories basically you're but you're listening in on it and my friend who told me about it um said that it turned her out it got her all hot and bothered and it was better than than porn and I feel like Antoinette you say you like to hear things versus we don't talk about this in front of my sister <laughs> oh my God. she I heard the podcast girl you done told it to a whole exactly. bunch of people you're gonna act care. shy around Tina I was gonna say this I is good for Antoinette because she's she's she likes the audio. Oh, you hear how I, she says my name versus how you say it versus how I say it? What? I put the twa. You say my name. Antoinette. Yeah, you put the twa in there. You're not a lazy speaker. Antoinette. Antoinette. Yes. No way, Jose. 
way. Anyway, I also realized that Zayn, remember Zayn from back in the day with his little sexy Zayn as the rapper or no, Zayn as the, the book writer. writer. He has oh. a podcast where <laughs> But the thing is is that they're actors acting this out. So it's I think, I'm not quite sure because I haven't listened to all of them. But he has the actors like Chanel, stop playing, girl. Drop them draws, and the girl's like, "Oh no, you see somebody else." And then, and then, like they acted out, and I don't know if it's like he looked at her and took his member out and rubbed it vigorously. <laughs> That's really how that shit used to read. Not a member. Her, a member turns me on. Member. Say a member, and I'm getting ready for it. A nigga's member is getting hard. I'm over. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> That's a kink for me if you talk about a member. But then I also, on the way back from New York, I was listening to The Daily, and they had a whole hour podcast about geriatric sex and their lives. And it was the most beautiful, like, exciting thing. You know, they were talking about how these couples didn't actually learn how to have sex and didn't start enjoying sex with each other until they were in their late 60s. They're fucking in their 80s. They're this doing what? They got toys. What'd you say? This is on Dipsy too? No, no, no. This is the second thing. This is Dipsy is you could find on all your podcasts. And I think it's a subscription based as well. Um, Zane is just on like all your podcast stuff. But this was on the daily and it just talked, it was just showing the journeys of these people and how they make it a ritual. Like every Sunday they're lying in bed, he's getting the lube, you know, they're doing their thing. They lie in bed, they cuddle and then they, you know, go Skype their kids or some shit or like Zoom their kids because nobody (laughs) Skypes anymore. But it's just... It was beautiful and how they make it a ritual and they make sure the space is nice and it smells good. And it's like, it's very intentional because they're old and like these, la- old, these pleasures are not guaranteed any day now they can like lose these moments with somebody. And so they're getting it in and it's just, I'm so happy and excited and I want my mom to have sex and I hope I'm fucking till I'm. Until I just can't anymore. Dead. And even yeah. if they can't, then they talk about disabilities, right? Because even though the men can't get hard and the women can't, you know, aren't wet anymore, there's still like this intimacy and this commitment to sex with each other that we have well, a lot of. Well, sex to isn't just penetration either. We, I, I think you guys should really listen to it. It's beautiful, especially as like couple people and you like after being together for a really long time it may get like uh kids come into the scene and then it really goes off but you kind of get inspired and see what these old heads are doing because they're the probably the best lovers like a 79 year old man that's been fucking for generations like he probably knows a lot more so i everybody listen to it's the daily um Shanti, can you hold your mic too? Because yours is going on your headphones. Oh. Like, I think it's the turtleneck. Not the turtleneck. Go ahead, Queen. It's driving me crazy listening to that. Um, and just personally, I've just been like trying to keep up with the momentum of 
the plans and the ideas that, you know, kicked off the new year. And after I kind of came out of my moment of rest, I was like, yeah, we're going to do this. And then it's like, fuck, you got to keep doing this. You got to like do all of the things. And I think especially around business, I'm feeling anxious and it's kind of extinguishing my excitement and like I gotta just keep that same energy so I'm just sitting with the hard feelings and trying to stay consistent and be more curious than than anything and like fucking play around with it and not get discouraged so (sighs) that's it how is everyone else I am, I actually don't know. Something happened the other day. I told my sister about this already, but it concerned me and I lost sleep over it. Blue, my very unloving cat. I was in bed laying on my back because, you know, I'm scared to mess my neck up. So I have my new neck pillow. I'm laying on my back and she hops up on the bed, which is normal, but she usually just stays in her little lane. This time I feel her paw on my chest and I feel her other paw on my chest and then her full body is on my chest. It might be like one o'clock in the morning and she's just standing on all fours. So I pet her once and then I said, you know what? No, let me just see what she does. And so she stood there for a, a, a minute and then slowly just lowered her head into the nook of like my nook between my head and my and my shoulder and she has never Mm -hmm. this cat doesn't let you pick her up she won't sit on your lap she has been doing things like that to me all week the other day she was sitting on my lap she came over in the bed the other night laid on top of my like on my hip like the hip thing she's done before but the very intimate chest thing she hasn't and if you know blue all you hear is She's purring away. And so I could hardly sleep. But then I remembered when my grandmother was ill, her cats wouldn't leave her alone. And they say that animals can sense issues with their owners and they become very clingy and very touchy-feely. And so I was up all night like, am I dying? Am I going to die? Is is now the time? And freaking out, like freaking out. And I think that's partly why I couldn't sleep was one, her purring, two, I wanted to savor the moment, and then three, I thought, wow, what if I have like some kind of aneurysm or something, and Blue senses it, and she's saying goodbye to me, and I started crying, (laughs) and it was the shit, like, now that you have come over my house, and you see how I live, you see that I do care for this beloved being that I share space with, very much. Shanti was shocked, everyone, when she came. And it's not even like I'm a cat lady. I don't have a bunch of cat shit everywhere. It's just the way. I don't. There, if you want to see a cat lady, my godmother has an entire whole basement, mm-hmm. a whole room that like she had people come in and build like oh cat God. trees and this and that, and they can get upstairs through a tunnel and all this shit. I'm not that person, but... I care about her and she cares about me and I just don't know what happened. So prayers up. I think I'm in good health. I've been really taking care of myself. So I don't know what's going on, but that shit stressed me out. I think it may have to do with um, cats as they get older. My mom's cat is very affectionate now. You guys are in a really? new space as well. Maybe she's like feeling 
an intimacy with you that she didn't have with other people in the space, but it also has to do with age that cats are like. Yeah, you that's know. what I was going to say. Don't upset think she's me. getting older, but also you used to live with other people, so she had more interaction. Mm-hmm. Now it's just you and her in there. So and and that's how she was with Dennis depressed. when he would come over. She, every time he sat down, she'd be on his lap. And like once she started, she wouldn't stop. So now that she's starting to do it, that's going to be her. She has a new routine. She's going to be on your lap. She's going to be laying on your chest. She's going to be all up in your space. Well, she has her back to me right now, and she hasn't looked up, so we'll see. But I don't know. I love her, and it was a really sweet, intimate moment, and it made me weep. In other news, I found myself during the work day. I gotta get the fuck out of here. I just need to. I I need to travel. I'm like I have been stationary for far too long. So I've been looking up home swaps and I have anxiety about it, but I'm like, can I do this? Is this a good idea? Do I want to be in somebody else's home? Do I want somebody else to be in my home? What do I do with Blue? Maybe she can go with my mom. So I'm researching the thing. So if people know about home swaps, and I just want to do it for like a month. I don't want to do it for like six, seven months. That's that's too much. But I also put my name in the little hat because my company is global. So I put my name in the little hat to work from anywhere else Let in the world. Let me find out you about to move. What do they, what do you mean? <laughs> in a hat. They're glo- well, I, I opted into like, yeah, I'm open to working in Egypt. I'm Like they're, oh, they're located so in so you. many different places. Yeah. Wow. So we'll see about that. They're, they're starting and they're piloting a new program apparently. So I'm like, hell yeah, send me away. Um, what, oh God, this is y'all. I know I don't know how everybody feels about the group chat, but there is one particular group chat I want the hell out of, and it is this Kim and Kanye saga. <laughs> I want out this fucking group chat. This thing is driving me crazy. I feel so, I found myself the other day, oddly enough, feeling so sorry for Kimmy. And this is not a pop culture thing. Like I really want. I really reflected on the importance of privacy. And like once stuff is out there publicly, you cannot take it back. So you ha- and I am a very open person, but maybe I need to simmer down too. Like I would never air somebody's shit out like that. But this is just I just implore people who are listening, especially if you have children and if you're like beefing with the father or your partner or whoever, your kids are going to have access to this. And who knows what that's going to do to them. So just like, and it's none of our business. And then it's just the most, one of the most unhealthy ways to solve anything. So it made me, it made me sad, but this is like a saga. And I don't, I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. And I just feel bad for all parties involved. And then I also went to a Bell um, Hooks talk that was really beautiful and I saw myself in this space with all of these black and brown people unmasked. And I was like, oh my God, COVID might be in here, but it felt so worth it. And this might be really reckless, but I just was so happy to be around people and then to be around a certain kind of person, right? I find myself in some of the conversations that I'm having with dear friends of mine to be so unfulfilling 
at times where it's just like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Or if I mention something that that I'm interested in at the moment, there's just no interest. And I just feel disconnected. I already feel disconnected from being like in COVID, living alone, and then, you know, like working from home, which is a blessing. But there is this bit of you know, like I have to navigate now, like, okay, how do you actively seek people out and and remain social? But I'm just realizing, like, I don't want to do the shit that I was doing years ago. And if like, that's all we're doing, then, then what does that mean? So I just saw myself surveying the room and seeing all the possibilities of these people. And I talked to some folks, but I just need more spaces like that. So if folks are in Brooklyn and they know of spaces like that, like so many things, like Heel House is closed. They're closed? Um, Harriet's, well, I don't, the business isn't closed. They're they're functioning all like virtually right now. Mm. Oh, they're pro, all their programs. So it's just kind of, yeah. Harriet's Apothecary, the last event they did was 2021, like, all of the spaces that I could like go to for that, the ones that I know of feel out of reach and not accessible. So let me know. And then the last thing I have to say is I've been eating differently. Well, not differently, but just better. And so there is a new dessert hack that I just want to share with people. A vanilla Greek yogurt with some cinnamon gluten-free checks and some strawberries is an absolute treasure. And it's specifically these gluten-free checks. They are so damn good. And when you put them in this yogurt, I swear you will be as satisfied as when like you have an ice cream cone. So I just want to recommend that to all the Around the Way Curls listeners. I want you to know you can have your cake and eat it too. It's just going to be Greek yogurt. So try it out. Get back to me. Let me know what you think. Tina, any updates? Tina. Any updates? Or anything you'd like to share at the top of this thing here? I've been reflecting on how much I'm saying yes to things. Mm. And I'm in this space where I'm saying yes to like every opportunity that's coming my way because I feel like so much has changed in my life from before COVID to now. And I'm kind of wondering if there's a part of me that's afraid that these opportunity, opportunities aren't going to continue. So I just keep saying yes to everything. And I'm so tired, but I'm having fun. But I'm also like, okay, this, this, this is not sustainable. Like at some point I need a break and I just keep saying yes. I'm teaching so many classes right now. What are you teaching, Queen? I'm teaching uh, the Meisner technique in acting at three different institutions right now. And I have two classes at each of them. So that's six classes right now. And I'm having a wonderful time, but it is really intense work. And I'm feeling like I'm. it's a lot of output. Right. And I'm like, oh, I'm remembering when I used to be in spaces where I guess everybody was kind of, 
how do you how do you put it? Like when you're a teacher, there's this assumed position, even though I'm, I don't buy into that. But the, there's this assumed position, right? Like you're leading the class. So you have to have a certain level of energy that you're outputting. But there's like nobody to kind of really I don't want to say nobody. I have other teachers around, but they're teaching their classes. Right. You know, and when I was working before, I could kind of like off to the side, have a side conversation with a coworker here and there. And like, that's not happening right now. So I'm, I'm lacking that kind of interaction. And so I walk into these spaces and it's like, okay, I've got to be on. And so I'm on all day and then I get home and I'm just wiped out. Wiped. Mm-hmm. So I'm reflecting on that. I'm really grateful, but I'm also like, okay, when, when am I going <laughs> to... So maybe this is the cap. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Bitch, it is. Six classes I'm is like, the cap I for you. I just moved. How many more like, classes maybe. can I get? How much more right. money can Sina I Right. Sina is a homeowner now, so that's why she's Thank you. running around here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the most hitting right milestones. Now. 15 jobs. Yep, yep. Well, I wish you, I wish you knows in your future and, and rest. Or yeah. just but clarity. Like the purpose behind it yeah. or behind the strategy. Cause like sometimes yeah. you got to bust your ass cause you got to get this thing. So right. maybe right. just know why you're busting your ass. Cause if you don't, then that's. I personally know, know you and I wish you a no, because I know you don't need to teach more than six fucking classes. So <laughs> you're being insane. I love you. Thanks. But that's, you know. <laughs> no, it is the time for me though, to bust my ass Shanti. You're right. Cause there's things that I'm thinking about down the line where I'm like, oh, what kind of, you know, what kind of money do I need to have put away if I want to do X, Y, and Z? So I feel like this is the time. If I'm going to do it now, I need to, if I'm going to do it, I need to do it now. But also I'm tired. So yeah. Child. The balance. So damn tired. <laughs> Capitalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in for a great podcast today. So uh, <laughs> our Black History fact, ladies and gentlemen, we are still in Black History Month. On this day in 1964, the U.S. House of Representatives passed the Civil Rights Act of 1964. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 prohibits discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. The act prohibited discrimination in public accommodations and federally funded programs. It also strengthened the enforcement of voting rights and the desegregation of schools. I call cap. I I read that and laughed. I said, baby, what? (laughs) Girl, we... All right. Very good. Now we're working on the implementation of this law. Um... It's only been, uh, what's 2022 minus 1964? A lot. It's been about 60, almost 60, almost 60 years. You better do that bad, girl. Oh, that segregated I school you went to, right. did you I don't well, know. So, I don't know shit. if that was right, actually. I was going to say, was it 80 years? What's, what's... <laughs> no, is that 60? I'm, now I'm nervous. Right. My chest is hurting. You, you're better. <laughs> it's 58, right? <laughs> you're right. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shanti, what's the I don't know. Don't give me Remember that. Remember when we don't did that? Me. Remember we when we go did like that this. on here? 1964 <laughs> plus one equals five. 65. No, 1960. We're at 2022. I know, but I'm counting up. So you got to do 22. My, 
All right. We're not going to do this right now. We're not going to do this. Too many years have passed. Is what you're saying. Two. See, that's what I'm saying. Had we not gone to segregated schools, (laughs) we would know how to do math like the white kids would. (laughs) So... What the fuck? I wish in post I could put a Dr. Ubar hat on your head. <laughs> oh, there was something else. Uh, for all right, for hot shit. I want to shout out somebody that I came up under in Philly. Ah, why didn't I have this ready? Um, Anya Willie Love. Hmm. You know him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Shout yeah. out to He Siobhan. has a bookstore. Is that his lady? Is that his wife? She's so cute. He has a bookstore in um, in Brewery Town in Philly, and you need to check it out. And when it did is, this happen? I don't know. I just read it. Professor Anya Wheelie Love wants the community to share in his collect uh, his collection of rare black literature, but it is basically Anya Wheelie Love had planned to wait until spring to open Bailey Street Books. But but uh, so I don't know. He was doing it in conjunction with the record store, Brewery Beats. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he's still there or if like they joined forces and that was Brewery Beats and this bookstore. Wow. But check it out. Get on your up. Googles. Yeah. yeah, you gotta show up. Cause he's got I know that Anya has been collecting books for years. Like he's one of these guys that like spends money on like a rare find, spent like three hundred dollars on a book. And I'm like, ooh. But I want a coat. So <laughs> shout out to him. I hope that Philly shows up and shows out. And if he has an online store, it'd be really dope. Can you dope send that to, to me purchase. so I can share it? It's on my Facebook. Oh, it's on Facebook. Are you Facebook? on Facebook? I po- I reposted on Facebook because I saw it there. Wow. That's that's all I got for you, Queen. Um, a new song. It's not new at all. It's actually old. But I just stumbled upon it. Well, I didn't stumble upon it. Somebody played it for me. And I was like, what is this? And now I'm really enjoying this artist. It's called Sun Little, Mad About You. Matter of fact, I'm going to put a little thing in here so I can play the tune. I think tune. he's from Philly, too. You lie. Think Look so. it up. Is he? I think so. Or he's somehow affiliated oh with Philly. If he was like recording In some here. kind of way. That's even better. So check that song out. It is so dope. Um, I've had it. Yep. He's from Philly. Plain. He's from Philly. Represent, man. I knew that. He's cool. Wow. He's dope, so, right? Didn't he have a great voice? He's super dope. He's really talented. He could play his ass off. I'm here for. I actually bought tickets to a show. Really? You Good wanna, for you. You better you come. Yeah. So what else? Ah, hotels. This comes out Thursday. Hotels comes out Thursday. At well, technically Friday, but Thursday 12 a.m. So Friday 12 a.m. But if you stay up late. Then and guess who's on hotels, y'all? Ashad Tilly from Philly or whatever. She got a she got a tail. I'll have you know that that song was not going on the album until Shanti sent in her tail. I basically saved said, the oh, day. I got to. So you basically, I basically the made album. this the album. So like, <laughs> yes. So Shanti got y'all a whole additional song. So on that deluxe. Send me my cash app. For bringing you pleasure and joy. Did you fill out your paperwork? Fill it out. I did. Um, oh, I don't know who these people are. You put this one there. Go ahead, Queen. I want to shout out another Philly John, also a listener of Around the Way Curls, Ashley Coleman. She has written a book called Good Morning Love, which will be debuting in June. But I want everybody 
to get ready to purchase it and be excited about it. It has like um, brown sugar type of vibes to it. Um, the setting is around two musicians or folks in the entertainment business who become enmeshed in love and just support your black women authors and artists. Shout out to Ashley. Maybe we can even get her on the podcast to kind of talk about her journey. So check that out. And then another, my favorite, Worsen Shire is coming out with a new collection of poetry that should be coming. I already pre-ordered it. I was super excited. I was just stalking her on Instagram and I saw that it was happening. I had no idea it was happening. So that's a big deal. Worsen Shire made lemonade without her. We would not um, be as deeply affected by the album had it not been for her. So was she included in the album or was she just on the the movie? Did Beyonce have those? No. Those, yeah. Did like, she have interludes? those? No. I don't know. No. It was uh, only oh, on she the. Should've. It was only. But we all know the album didn't slap if it were for. No. Her. We need the visuals. What did she say? And Warshawn. Yeah. Well, she she made it. She's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. Like. And she's young. She's she's incredible. She's um Somalian by, but who lives in the UK now. But she's just. Just a genius. And she has a new um, book. The book's called Bless the Daughter Raised by a Voice in Her Head. Yeah. So we'll all be talking about that soon and crying over whatever she writes because that's what she makes you do. So pre-order it now. Support black artists, women. So pop culture. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but Kiera Sheard. Who's I that? noticed, girl... Heathens we are. She is a gospel singer. <laughs> Woo! And some of our friends absolutely love her. She's ba- she's big in the gospel world. But what's very interesting is that she said that her friends, when they come to visit her, and I thought this was because of COVID, but it wasn't. When they come to visit her, she would rather, if they cannot afford a hotel, she will pay for a hotel for them. Because no one can stay in the house that her man stays in, <laughs> her husband. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so it shocked me. I was minute. like, oh. <laughs> I'm just so confused by that whole community. I'm like, what but aren't you? Isn't your love rooted in God and truth and faith? And like, so you can't have a, a woman she around said, your man? But I don't. <laughs> I also know the devil is working you all said the it'd time. Be a nigga I, closest to you, okay? You see who no. killed Jesus, all right? <laughs> I support it, Kira. I support Are it. Are you serious? Go ahead, girl. If you don't, if Are that's they, your boundaries, that's my... you got a hard boundary. You and your man talked about it. He gonna cheat on you uh-uh. regardless. It may not be with your best friend, <laughs> but like if that's what you want to do, girl, I would be so hurt. If my friends would not let me stay in their home. Like t- and y'all fine. My friends are fine, too. I'd be like, no, y'all can't go. <laughs> you having dinner, then you got to go. Leave. Are and you And make serious? sure no midriff is showing. <laughs> Your whole asses. You are not being serious right now. I, I, my question, Tina, you're married. Look, we got somebody <laughs> on here that made it. He made it, baby. He's, her husband said he was never more free 
than in being in love with her. So she really made it. So let let us know, Celeste. <clears throat> Your homegirl is coming to town. Yeah. She then traveled a long way. Can she stay in your new condo? Of course. What? But we, we, okay, here's the thing. Of course, of course, my homegirl, my friend, I don't have many that I consider very close to me. So the ones that are very close, absolutely. However, we all know <laughs> we have a few people in our lives where we're like, I don't know. We had a family member where it was like, mm, be careful because... <laughs> No, you just gotta tell. See, that's the thing. I have. I don't think anything would family happen. Member. I just don't want. I don't want that awkward situation of me having to pull that person to the side and be like, like Shanti said, your midriff is showing. You know what I'm saying? Like you just don't. <laughs> excuse me, it's idiot. <laughs> right? You just excuse me. You're in lingerie, and I'm trying to cook for my meal. What's happening? Do you remember that when that happened? Yes. <laughs> Yo, we had a family Wild. member. We ain't gonna say no days, but I was definitely entertaining, and she was walking around in a teddy. And definitely changed her clothes because you were entertaining. Because I was entertaining. A young gentleman. It'd be the piece of it, I'm telling you, girl, internet, you better find you better. <laughs> no, but what's interesting for me is I just had a conversation with the gentleman before he came, was like, listen, this is how she rolls. I expect I expect you to just it, look down at the floor, ignore it, or call her out. And I will call her out the same. Because I did. I was like, you need to go put some fucking clothes on. But my friends, if, if then you're not... My, my whole thing is then you're not really my friend. Right. Now, if she's saying she has business associates or things like that coming into town. No, you got to stay in a hotel. I don't know you like that. But my friend friends? Well, come on. I watched the clip and it was it was, it was was the interview... I, I don't know who of the ladies was Kira, but both of them were talking about that. Kira, Kira. But the Kira. one woman said, if your person needs a place to live... Like, if your person's down and out... I don't know if it was just a vi- visit, but like, internet, I'm down and out. I'm struggling. You wouldn't let me live with you if I'm I was I'm struggling down and in out? this moment. Let me live with you. Like, I'm, I think anybody that would say it wouldn't come past their head that like, oh, shit, like, oh, that's a possibility. I don't know. I, that would never, that would never go, come into my head. The thing that would come to my head is, oh, we have to have sex more quiet. That's annoying. That would that would be what comes to my head. Oh, they about to soak up the heat, like shit like that. Not nah, you're gonna. <laughs> we got cooked for right. You about to eat my food? <laughs> Not you're gonna have. So you sex would have your girlfriend partner. come and stay at your space indefinitely. I guess I mean Do you I, know I actually that would have never thought anything until we just had this conversation with this. That's woman. insane. This woman just, like that. That says a lot it. because. When we when I was looking for houses to when I was thinking about buying a house in Philly, she was like, just come live with me. And her man lives there and she didn't even just come live with me. I'm never here. Yeah, I and don't she think was like, you can I, help Dave. I don't think she didn't even think about it. Yeah. No, I wouldn't That's how I would operate. I don't think I would think anything. <laughs> I, my concern would be other things, not if you're gonna fuck my man. Right. But that shit is real. Oh, right. It's happened in my it's happened in my family. Oof. Cousin Faye. What? Yeah. Oh, yes. It's happened to my family. Women doing dumb moves. Like, don't move no other woman. I think, I don't know. Don't be surprised. I would be surprised, but then I would also not be surprised. You would not, if, okay, we're going to move on. (laughs) It's just, if you have, I'm not talking about you specifically, but like, if you put people in the space. I'm talking about our tight, tight group. Like, we all got tattoos group. No, I don't think we would, but. No. If it were, if stuff would like to happen, I'd be like, oh well, 
She was, was living fresh in your tattoo. <laughs> and my friends are fine as fuck, and men ain't shit. So, like, what are we going to do? Oh, wow. It's tricky out here. Well, yeah, I want you to know you it. always have a place to stay, regardless of my relationship status. God said, no. God told Jesus her that. Jesus told her, listen, follow what happened to me. Wow. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> Uh, Spotify, the ongoing saga of Spotify and Joe Rogan and the drama. So Joey got in trouble. We talked about this uh, for his COVID misinformation. And then the good old Twitter folks didn't duck up. They didn't, they didn't went through all his episodes, baby. <laughs> and they put a compilation together of all the times that man ever said the N-word. Mm. Smash edited it up and released it to the masses and said, Spotify, get it together. So Joe issued an apology. I'd like to also say that India Irie has been going fucking ham on I'm Joe like, Rogan. Shut up. She's like, I too am pulling all of my music. <laughs> We're like Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, and India Irie. <laughs> Stop. Don't do that. But India, I was impressed with her today, and I'm going to tell you why. But India pulled her uh, her stuff. But also, Brene Brown halted her podcast and was like, right now I'm not going to do any more episodes. And she didn't say why initially, but she's openly talking about it now. So Joey issued a five-minute apology. He said, I'm making this video to talk about the most regretful and shameful thing that I have ever had to talk about publicly. There's a video that's out that's a compilation of me saying the (laughs) N-word. Sorry. It's a video made of clips taken out of context of 12 years of conversations on my podcast. And it's all (laughs) smushed together and it looks fucking horrible, even to me. Now, I know that to most people, there's no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word. Never mind publicly on a podcast. And I agree with that now. I haven't said it in years, but for a long time when I would bring that word up, like if it would come up in conversation, instead of saying the N-word, I would just say the full word. I thought as long as it was in context, people would understand what I was doing. I am not a racist. (laughs) But whenever you're in a situation where you have to say, I'm not a racist, you fucked up. And clearly, I fucked up. That's... That's my intention to express myself in this video, so there's nothing I can do to take it back, yada, yada, yada. I do hope, um, if anything, that this could be a teachable moment. I never thought I would ever, I would never thought it would ever be taken out of context. <laughs> you keep saying that. There is no context, sir. But put in a video like that, and now, holy shit, it looks so bad. <laughs> I also want to highlight... <laughs> <laughs> That's on. literally what I said. I also want to <laughs> highlight that in a particular episode, uh, Joey makes mention of walking into the blackest neighborhood. That neighborhood happened to be in Philadelphia. Uh, and going to go see Planet of the Apes, oh, where shit. he said that he he goes on to describe his experience in this black oh, theater. And he said, whoa, guys, this is Planet of the Apes. And then he goes on to say, whoa, that sounded racist. Can't say that. I just want to say how cool the experience was to watch a movie with all these black people. And I looked around and I was the only white person. I was like, wow, this is how they feel in the world. This this space is so much cooler than white spaces. I only ever want to watch movies with in black spaces. 
He's also had people on like Charles C. Johnson who have discussed uh, the the MAOA gene that Charles believes proves black Americans and Africans have a proclivity towards violence. Charles then goes on to say that white Europeans and folks of Asian descent have been less violent as they moved out of Africa because they were only farmers and stuff. Spotify has a $100 million contract with Joey Rogan. Thoughts? Not everybody just solid. I d- I think, what do you think I think that Neil Diamond, India Re, Brene Brown. Was that who did it? Was it Neil, Neil Diamond? Who the fuck is Neil Diamond? I don't even <laughs> I don't know, know who that is. He's somebody. Let me look Neil up. Neil Young. It's Neil Young. It's not Neil Diamond. Yeah. I think all of those people and anybody else, you know, on Spotify getting paid by Spotify should and and connected to them should voice their opinion and protest in any way that they want to. I think that makes complete sense. Do I think Spotify should pull him off? No. Well, they did. I want to say that they pulled 110 of his, of his episodes. Same nigger. Now they do. And shame on you. Now shame on you, Spotify. Shame on you as well, I guess. Like, Why I don't is it know. shame on you? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think that it's shameful that he gets 100, that they're paying him $100 million if he brings in and has the followers and he's he has the top worth podcast. that. I don't think that's shameful. Like, fucked up shit gets clicks and likes. And I don't know if that's the responsibility of Spotify to... To to um, be the one to edit that if that's not built into their if that's not built into their value system, you know, like they're just this platform that hosts this thing. Um, hmm. That's not their that's that's. I mean, if we were to start doing that, if we were to start sifting through all of the podcasts and editing all of the things, then it's just like it gets it gets very tricky. It gets very, very very tricky. tricky. And I know that it's um, what he says is harmful and he's gross, but so are a lot of other people. And so are a lot of other more um, politically, I don't know, more people, people that have different ideas to him. People may think whatever they share is harmful and, you know, rubs them the wrong way. And what do you do with those people? You know, people that don't believe that people, especially people that have the value systems around, you know, American family and fabric and, you know, queer and black and BLM and messing up everything. Like it just it just becomes really, really tricky. And I, I think. I I'm would be curious. You're talking about censorship. Yeah, I would be curious if Spotify were to. What are they going to do? But they're they're getting all this pressure, I guess, from folks. A lot of people are canceling their subscription, which should be their right to do. It makes mm-hmm. sense. They're just following the fucking money. So if everybody cancels their subscription, then Spotify's values change. And now, well, that's that's now what all of this thing. diversity, equity, and inclusion 
that's the that's the bottom line to it is is money. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So if they uh, make this move, like, okay, those are your values now. Whatever. You're just following the money. Joe Rogan makes money, and he's following Tina, all of thought? the markers of apologizing and you know, da-da-da-da-da-da that everybody does when they're caught with their pants down. So, like, this will pass, I guess. I don't know, Indy, are you going to put your music back up? <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Tina, what are your thoughts? Oh. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm always curious about <sighs> the value systems of a company, right? And if you're, if you're a company that where you know you're putting your, your platform where uh, your voice, you're putting, or, or you're a platform for other people's voices to be heard. Is it just about being a platform for people's voices to be heard, any kind of mm-hmm. voice, or do what is your what is your core value system? And if you don't know what that is from the beginning, if it is just about money, which most places are, then I I I don't, I don't know. Then you're just going to follow the money, like like Shanti was saying. You're just going to continue to follow the money, and whenever the tide shit wherever the tide goes then you're gonna go with it it's just like after trump was elected who did they who did nbc hire and they and they ended up firing her recently um because they felt like oh we're gonna go we're gonna go towards the the way that the world is moving and the world is moving more towards the right right you're just going wherever you're you're not actually um thinking about who you are as a company and so like i don't know it's it's Dennis and I went to a talk years ago and Michelle Alexander, the author of The New Jim Crow, was speaking and she was talking about how many different institutions and people do the right things for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you're going to take it off now because you might lose other, you might lose more money. But like from the beginning, you never had an issue with it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all capitalism. So it's like, I don't know how to feel about any of it because it's just like, okay, you might, you might quote unquote fix it or you might... Um, start to uh, hold hold him accountable for what he's saying, but it's only now because your your pockets are going to be be um, affected. So I just wow. Well, I have a couple. It's interesting. I think I actually outside of him keep him repeating that things were taken out of context. I really need him to understand. There's never a context for him <laughs> to talk about a black community being Planet of the Apes or, you know, him saying nigger on his podcast, right? In the way that he was saying it. I need him to understand that. I appreciate him saying like, saying that if you have to say I'm not a racist, then you've clearly fucked up. I do appreciate that. I appreciate him holding himself accountable. And I hope that he shows and proves with changed behavior. That's one. Um, So... He does have a he has a huge platform. He brings in a ton of money and he invites said people on because, you know, being provocative often gets the people going, right? Um I worry when it comes to censorship a lot. I think it's uh, a very thin line between censorship and accountability. And just like Shanti said, it's well within your right, Neil Young, India Irie, you know, to pull your music and say, I'm not going to participate in this because you're you are not in alignment with my morals, right? So I'm I'm here for that. Now, 
when it comes to Spotify itself, Spotify has a, a very... Spotify has a history. It's tricky of not paying black creators. So that's something that if you want, really want to show and prove, then let's talk about that as well, Spotify. That might be a different conversation. But what India Iree was pointing out was that you're paying him $100 million with the money that you make off the backs of musical artists, and they get paid 10 cents for every million streams. Right. So it's it's see that's why she's like, I'm pulling my shit because I'm not really benefiting from this platform. You're you're serving me as though like, hey, we're going to pay you with exposure, but that doesn't pay my bills. Right. Um, So I think that was a very valid point. I also think, hey, how else is Spotify going to pull I don't think Spotify is listening to every fucking podcast episode that goes up on their platform. There are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of podcasts right now, plus all of the artists. There's no, they, would need a t- a, they would need a huge team to do that kind of quality assurance, right? To listen to the hours and hours. You just don't have it. It's not built into the platform. What about an account so now that pe- situation? What about a team? Say it again. What about a team that is designated for holding people accountable, so that it's not well? That's the thing is that or how do you how do you staff that? I don't know. That's what I, you, you would need yeah. a team. It's it's almost like the Facebook conversation. How do you staff that? Yes, Facebook has a team of people that they scrub Facebook to find hate speech. But the amount of people using Facebook and Instagram versus how many people they can afford or do pay, because they can afford more, do pay to, to do that work, minuscule. They, they released something along the lines of like Facebook took down how many ever hundreds of thousands of hateful posts, but that was a drop in the bucket for what is in existence on their platform. I feel like it could possibly be the same thing with Spotify. So my point is, I don't fault companies. I don't have a shame on you, Spotify, for now pulling it. People voiced their opinion. They didn't like it. You did something about it. Would I rather it not existed? Would I rather Joe Rogan have his own moral compass and understanding um, before all of this happened? Sure. But now, Hopefully he has changed behavior. Spotify, thank you for listening. You took the shit down. And so the next time we have a fucking issue, listen to us again. That's how I approach it just because I understand the complexity that I feel that it would be to try to listen to everything that's put out on Spotify. Maybe it's not listening to every single episode, but maybe it's when you build this platform, what are the guidelines for it? What are the things that you're going in? Like from the, from the, of course there's guidelines, no hateful speech, no this, no that, but listen to some of the music that exists on the platform. Well, I don't, I don't know. I think that, I think we're all also realizing and seeing the implications of these, of technology. Right. And for us to say, Oh, it's too complex for us to unravel what we started feels like we have to do better moving forward. You know, the fact that lives mm-hmm. are being lost, that entire countries, you know, have waves of extreme violence due to these 
things being shared on social media, people are getting sick or whatever, like there has to be at some point. And again, I don't, I don't know where that begins, whose responsibility that is. And that's a part of the complexity of it all. But like something has to happen because the implications are, are dangerous. They're, they're catastrophic. It's not just like, Oh shit. Like these algorithms and this information being shared is, Child. Deadly. It's but then like times. the other op the 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 it feels like the only thing would be censorship. And so then it's like, ooh, what in the nineteen eighty four? Who gets to determine it's getting crazy. who gets to determine? Right? Because the, I feel like if we get into a censorship conversation, we run the risk. You just had a young lady, forgive me, I forget her name, but she was trying to compete in a swimming meet. I think I in Minnesota. And her swimsuit said Black Lives Matter. And one of the volunteer uh, judges said she couldn't compete. She did finally compete because people petitioned and that person was released from their volunteer duties. But if you have someone like that determining what censorship is, tricky. What if I'm not in alignment with what you feel should be censored? That's the tricky, that's the thing that, that's why conversations is important. If we're going to get into, if you want me to get woo-woo and <laughs> about it, really it's that moral compass, that humanity that you have to tap into as a creative person. If you're releasing something into the world, you have to be able to stand by it morally. And then you also have to be willing to hear opposition and and change behavior. So that's why I'm always a little nervous about, you know, fuck Spotify, fuck Joe Rogan. They can all go to hell because where do you learn? Yeah. Change behavior. Like you have to now put systems in place. You have to do something about this. You have to hear what people are saying, take it in and adjust. And yeah, of course, it's going it affected their dollar, but they changed it. They could have said, fuck you. I'm still doing it. I don't care. And then it's up to people to tap into that, their humanity, and say, I'm willing, I'm going to make a switch. Because child did not want to move, have to move all of my shit off of Spotify. I have so many playlists. <laughs> I did. I was like, and I was really trying to do it. Finally back to normal. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, the way they God, know I me? literally. Spotify knows me. I literally me. said, like, I have an intimate relationship with you. <laughs> like, I have to move. Nobody sees me like Spotify. <laughs> I was looking at Apple Music like fuck. All right. Um, but anyway, moving right along, let's let's get into some politics quickly. Well, we're not gonna go quickly on this. We're gonna give this gentleman whatever time he needs. Amir Locke, a 22-year-old man, was murdered by police on Wednesday, February 2nd, after being shot at 7 a.m. by uh SWAT officers during the execution of a no-knock warrant. Locke was not named in the warrant itself, nor was he a sub excuse me, nor was he a suspect in the case being investigated. And the lawyer for his family said that he was in the apartment staying with a cousin. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Frey put a pause on no-knock warrants, but the future of the controversial policy remains unclear. Amir was a legal gun owner. And Keep in mind, they're still trying the George Floyd federal case that happened in very close proximity. 
thoughts. I mean, this gentleman was in his bed, woken up with people, what I'm sure he believed to be intruders. They released camera footage. I refused to watch it. Um, I just can't do it. And apparently he's off screen and he's pointing a gun in the direction of said intruders. This no-knock warrant shit got to go. Like, this is... I don't understand... I, I don't understand the humanity of it, but... I think it's... Please, offer something. I, my, I have family members that are very attached to their guns and very... believe in the idea that a gun will protect them. And so... I don't know. I think there just also needs to be this conversation around, of course, it's policing and guns, but like, I don't know, guns, blackness and protection. Like, it's all good if like white folks are walking around having their guns and their rifles and parading. But then like, you know, the image of the Black Panthers or the Black Panthers defending themselves in Oakland with their guns that they had the right to carry. It's like a completely different kind of um response and it's just yeah i don't know black i i don't i don't it's just it it's one it's all of the biases that white folks have it's the adrenaline in the moment and then it's like on top of somebody having a gun that Already they look like, oh, you don't belong. You A gun and you don't belong together. You're immediately trying to kill me. You're black. You're immediately dangerous. Plus you got a gun that you shouldn't have. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's not surprising. It's just not surprising. And it should be, it should be an outrage, but it's not. It's just like, you know. But I know so many people that are like attached to this idea of, a gun is as protection, especially black. So you men. think I, it's interesting to me that that you, in listening to that, that the gun, his gun, was the thing that stood out to you. Because my biggest issue with it is the no knock warrant. Because if you're com- if you're coming into my home, if all of a sudden I just hear boom and people are barging into my home, I'm immediately on the defense. Mm-hmm. I'm in my home. That's my safe space. My guard is down. I'm, I, I made it through the streets into my safe space or my cousin's space, safe space or whatever the fuck. And then you barge in. Why would you not expect someone to be nervous and to reach for protection, whether it's a gun or not, or to run? Because that's the other thing. You know, oh, he was running. Oh, he was this. Oh, he was that. He wasn't quietly laying in the bed as we forced our way into his home, unannounced, aggressively. Like, I don't know how realistic it is for cops to not find ways to get into somebody's place and to knock on to just knock on the door. I feel like, all right, you take away the what is it? No knock. No, what is it? What is no knock warrant? No knock warrant. They're gonna, they're gonna find a way to get into your. Not legally. I mean, I, I feel you like you need to w- be able to. All you gotta do is fucking knock. Boom, boom, boom. Police. Yeah, I don't know. I now I, I know who's un- at the door. I think there's probably some other loophole that allows people to come into the space unannounced and to to 
to violate Jesus Christ. If we're going to ask Spotify to do better, I feel like we can ask the fucking police to do better. Yeah. But that's just me. I don't know. I, I just don't think that, that you take you uphold that is going to... They're going to find a loophole to get in there and do what, what they do, which is do what the fuck they want to do. There is a big difference between barging into someone's home unannounced and announcing yourself as the police Mm -hmm. and then them coming in. That's my only point. You are going to get a different response. I might still be filled with fear, but I most likely am not reaching for a gun and pointing it at you because I'm, I'm already aware that you're not an intruder you're law enforcement. And if then I choose to point a gun at you, then we have a different situation. Now I'm I'm not abiding by the law. Now I'm not being responsive to the police in a certain way. Tina, what's your thoughts? I mean, it's, it's just, it's the same conversation over and over and over again, you know? I mean, wasn't that the same thing that happened with Breonna Taylor? Yeah, that just busted her home. You know, I think for me, the no knock warrant. That's 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 the thing that stood out to me too. Because I feel like if I'm in the place that I believe is my safe space, and someone comes in, that level the level of fear that that is going to go through me. I'm not going. I mean, I'm not a gun owner, right? I'm like, I don't believe in. That's not my. That's not my way. I'm 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 terrified of guns. I honestly feel like because of all of the implicit bias that exists, that that guns need to be removed. It's like when you're a kid, you don't you're not responsible with this thing. You have some issues. You don't you don't know how to use it properly. Nobody can have it. Nobody. Now that's unrealistic, though. We know that that's unrealistic. That's just my utopian idea around guns. But that's not ever going to happen. So then, when I think about a no knock warrant, I just think I don't. I don't see how that's productive. I don't see how it's helpful. I don't. It. It seems like all we ever see are these horrible outcomes, where black people, people of color's lives are taken, and it's just like, oh well, you know, like. It's like it's almost like well that's the casualty of of the situation like it's not it's not that big of a deal it's not considered that big of a tragedy it's not it's almost like well this is part of what happens. I had three men say that to me. three black men say that to me today. Say what? This is what happens. It's nothing new, and that really broke my heart. I, I want to emphasize that you know. I don't think that it's utopian to believe that there can be no guns here. I do. Th- we talk about radical change often on this podcast. And I want to say Norway, Ireland, Iceland, and much of the United Kingdom are maintained largely with unarmed police but forces. They were, the foundation of their country was not based in I know. owning guns. I'm, like, and so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's not possible. It's, I see it radical. as possible. It's extremely radical. I'm saying whenever I say that, people look at me like it's utopian. So that's, that's all. I think it's possible. But I think it would take... What it would take is just... <laughs> I don't... Yeah, I'm going to stand in that possibility. I know that I wouldn't see it in my lifetime or I don't believe I would. But I do believe it's possible, however utopian it is. Um, this, this. If you, if you notice, you just. I mean, the the other thing about this is we're talking and black. We're talking about the the folks that fall victim to this, but it's dangerous for police as well. It is. 
Those no-knock warrants are fucking dangerous for them. 31 officers died last year serving these no-knock warrants. As in comparison to, you know, the the cases that got a lot of coverage. But, like, this is dangerous all around. Look at the number of lives that are taken by the hand of a gun. It's outrageous. Dad just had people shooting outside his house. You saw that? Yes, it's outrageous. And so, and so... For me, I'm, I'm, for me, it's basic. It's like, that is what needs to go. But as soon as you say that, (laughs) it's, it's, it's perceived as, as though, because, you know, like Shanti was saying, people believe that this is what's going to protect me. If you take this away, what's going to protect me? That's what people's belief system is. And that's so deeply ingrained. I remember, you know, what's crazy. I remember being in fifth grade and our now uh, stepfather, who was our teacher, I remember Joe. one of the things he said Tricky. when he was talking about slavery, when we hit that point in the history lesson, right? And he said, why, I, rem- I will never forget him saying this. He said, why were the, why were the white people able to take the, the African people from, from Africa? Why were they able to do that? Why were they able to take people against their own will? We were all sitting there like, I don't know, because they made them, they forced them. He said, how? He kept kind of digging. And he said, I'll never forget this. He pointed, he made a a fake gun Mm -hmm. hand and he said, because white men had bang, bang. That's literally what he said. I will never forget that in fifth grade. Like that. He knew he was inferior in that moment. Good job. It's like, I'm sorry. That's terrible. That's my stepfather. But the inception of this country is built on that. That's why, oh, critical race theory? They're trying to remove books. Like, just look at what's happening, that kind of pushback. I don't think, I don't think it's impossible, but the, the pushback that's happening right now, I'm like, I don't even know where to begin because it's so rooted in the identity of this country. Sadly, we have to move on, but this is a fruitful conversation. I, I want to talk to some... I want to have a gun conversation on this bad boy. We did, a little I bit. I want to talk to some gun-toting oh, so people folk. People like guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to talk to some gun-toting folk. I know somebody. I don't know if he would come on, but I know somebody who's a... He carries his gun everywhere he go. He doesn't live in um, uh, this major city, but everywhere he goes, his gun is on him. It's all very interesting. Uh, we can't talk about it, but I just want to highlight that Connecticut, New Jersey, Delaware, and Oregon have all set timelines to end their school mask mandates. Good luck. We have some voicemails. I am going to play because we haven't played any in a while. I know that we are going over, but we will be okay, kings and queens. Um, All right. Wait. <laughs> one of these is so funny. This girl, <laughs> she's cracking me up. Not this one. Hold on. Hi, ladies. Um, my name is Regina. I have phoned in before because you guys resonate with me so much. Absolutely just insane. <laughs> I hope everyone's doing well. Um, I'm just listening to the episode you guys talked about shame. And when I say it's hitting, it's hitting. Okay. <laughs> and I totally, Antoinette, I totally understand when you said there's shame around feeling like you're supposed to be a better version of yourself than you are right now. That just, <laughs> I mean, I was like, shit, is she talking about me? Um, <laughs> and I just want to let you guys know that this is just such a great episode in terms of discussing, um, you know, the different types of, you know, shame that we feel and, you know, the way that society puts a lot of pressure on us to just feel like we need to be in a specific place and time. 
you know, especially depending on, you know, if you're female, male, your age, um, where you are in your job. So I think, you know, I want to thank you guys for this episode because it's really resonated with me and a couple of my girlfriends as well. They, you know, I think it's a weird, weird block that's going on in the early kind of beginning of the year where we're kind of reflecting back and saying like, well, damn, what did we do? Like, what are we proud of? And that in turn can have so much shame on it as well. And I think for myself, I feel the biggest amount of shame financially because at my age, almost 30 with working in dental industry, I feel like, damn, I should have so much money saved up and I should have all of these things and all this stuff. And I just don't feel like I'm there, and I feel like I failed myself, or I failed a younger version of myself by not being that person I imagined, but then also realizing that times have changed versus the 1997 version of me dreaming what the 30-year-old me would look like now. So I think that's definitely taken a little bit more um, pressure, a little less pressure off myself. Sorry, walking. Um, but, you know, thank you guys so much for this, because... I think it's something that most people need to talk about. We should stop feeling so ashamed of our lives. We should be very proud of where we are and who we are and what we've overcome and, you know, what we've achieved as well. And I think that, you know, a lot of people need to hear this podcast and talk about where their shame comes from and also address it and sit with it and look it in the face and say you're not going to be the only definition of me. You're not shame is not gonna define me and only that, you know? So thank you guys so much. Um sorry, rambling. Woo, walking. God damn I've worked out a lot. Okay, well have a good afternoon, evening. And you know what, Trumpy, it's okay. I smoke too and I She got cut damn, off right, right when there. she's about to drop the gym. <laughs> Wait, don't say anything because we have another another caller about about that episode. And it's <laughs> My name is Terry, and I hail from the ghetto streets of St. Louis, Missouri. And I just want. She got cut off. It's coming. Don't worry. I think on my spirit animal. Okay. I am currently driving down whatever the fuck this street is, somewhere that I feel, yeah, this is the street that Millie mentioned in that song. That's Rich Kings Highway. Nevertheless, niggas. Um, y'all are my spirit animals. I swear. And just listening to y'all, it just gives me so much joy, so much peace. And I just love that y'all show the duality in this world. Because let me tell you, it's a thing. And I am here for it each and every single day. Shanti, please continue to smoke your CBD because that's how I started, young man. <laughs> and now, you know. Just smoking blunt. Marijuana, just. It just flows off your tongue, like you said. That's just that's that's your palate. But I smoke, honey. And Antoinette, I think you understand where I'm coming from. You smoke as well. I don't. I'm gonna get on off this voice mess. So I'm gonna give me some food. But I love you too, and I just want y'all to continue to be blessings to so many from the ghetto streets of St. Louis. Goodbye, and I will hopefully see y'all soon up in a drone car, Philly. Wait, wait. She called back though. Wait. <laughs> Hey, Shanti and Antoinette, this is Terry from those St. Louis streets again. It is 2 o'clock in the morning here, and I am not in the St. Louis streets. I am in my bed. 
However, I am decompressing from the day, meditating and reflecting, and let me just tell you something. <laughs> shame, shame, shame on you ladies, but not for being malicious or anything, but just for making me cry at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like, having to realize where my shame come, shame comes from just really brought me tears and it's just at two o'clock in the morning I'm leaving you a voicemail and it, it gave me a revelation and I'm just uh I wanna I'm crying. Um but yes, thank you so much for helping me to reflect at two o'clock in the morning. I'm going to try to go to bed now. However, six thirty will be here before I know it. I'm a damn grown woman. I'm gonna roll up, turn on the TV, drink the soda, and then go to bed. Not the soda, too. I love y'all so much. I'm not gonna sit in this shame, <laughs> in the shame that I have that I'm about to sit up and really do that. I'm gonna still get up and go to work. I know that's right. Good night. Oh, love y'all. Ah, love, love y'all. That is. That's uh, we. I just had a human experience. <laughs> I did. I really wanna. What was the first? Now I didn't forgot the first wonderful lady's name. Damn it. Um, shame is a thing, yo. I had shame today. I had so much shame today because I didn't work out, and I didn't work out because my body hurts like hell. And I was like, if I work out, I might pass the fuck out. Like I need a break. I've been going too hard. And I'm not Beyonce yet. And they're shaming that. <sighs> I don't know. Shame is really shame is really hard. But I loved what Terry said when she said, I'm not going to sit in it, though. Like, she acknowledged it. But she said, I'm finna smoke this blunt, get up and go to work, and I'm not going to sit in it. So hopefully we don't sit in it, and hopefully we can work through it. Hopefully I'll start smoking what it is. too. Also, I don't smoke, y'all. I know that I do get high on this podcast, but I'm strictly edibles only. Does that change it for you somehow? <laughs> somehow. I don't like the I don't like seeing smoke come out of people's bodies. It upsets me. Oh. I love it. But oh, it gives me anxiety. It's not that I don't like it. For me, I don't like it because I'm like, eh, I'm ruining my vocal cords. Um, my child just keeps yeah. walking around. It's just like what what? Uh oh. All right. Well, let's, with that note, let's take a break. This is a long one. Um, please continue to rate, subscribe, share. Um, leave us a voicemail. What's the number? I should have had it pulled up, but I don't because 1-900. shame. What's the number, Shanti? I don't even know. 215 948 2780. That's 215 948 2780. Take us out for a little break. After these Queen. messages, we'll be right back. Boo. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. 
Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And we are back. What time is it? Can you put the time in there, Shanti? So my lovely sister is on the podcast because she has a lot of um, insight, personal experience um, when it comes to being mixed in a white and black world or a white and black country. Do I? Just me? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we, 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 we all three of us do. <laughs> But, See, but a lot of people you now. I don't have those same know, responsibilities right? in the <laughs> intersection. So now. I am not the expert. Better represent. <laughs> don't know what you're dealing with, girl. Specifically, <laughs> this was brought up because a lot of people refer to her as Thandy Newton. Her name is Tandy Way Newton. She received, boy, did she get, she got dragged, baby, recently as uh, this actress appeared in a movie called God's Country. Apparently she's excellent in it and the film is excellent, but she had this, um, obviously this was on her spirit. It's been on her spirit, something she's been struggling with for some time. Hence the change in her name, us actually calling her her given name Tandy Way and her asking for that, right? So she talked about her experience Um or shed some light on her experience as being a woman from mixed heritage. Her mother is, I forget, I should know this, but she is from the continent. She's South African. She's South African. Okay. South African. And her father is, I believe, from the UK. So I want to play the clip because I don't want to paraphrase what she had to say. Tina is here because as an actress, I think that she could shed a lot of light on Thandie's specific experience when it comes to the acting world. And then we're going to talk more generally about just where we fit in, how we fit in, and what our, what our experiences are being mixed. And maybe even what shame that may or may not bring. So here's what Thandy said. You must have got my note, though. I put it on your truck yesterday. I now realize that my internalized prejudice was stopping me from feeling like I could play this role when it's precisely that prejudice that I've received. It doesn't matter that it's from African-American women more than anyone else. It doesn't matter. I received prejudice. Anyone who's received oppression and prejudice feels this character. I've wanted so desperately to apologize every day to darker skinned actresses, to say, I'm sorry that I'm the one chosen. My mama looks like you. It's been very painful to have women that look like my mum feel like I'm not representing them, that I'm taking from them, taking their men, taking their work, taking their truth. But I do think that any women of color who've whether they're pale or whatever, who've managed to help other actors, you know, 
get into this business. We matter. Whenever they say that black women have watched the movie and it's really, really, really mattered to them. I just thank God that my light skin didn't stop that from happening. I'm so that it didn't cause more pain. All right. So here we are. Did she say some Folks other saddle. stuff? That's the clip that you choose? That's, that's what she said. What else did she say? She talked about, you know, st- stealing black women's men. She, and said, she said that in that clip. Oh, I didn't listen clearly. I'm Did sorry. Listen to bad. I wasn't even listening to you, Child. Candy, on that part. <laughs> I was distracted. <laughs> sorry. God damn it. All right. So, thoughts. I'm going to shut up. I'll speak, but I'm going to shut up. Thoughts. Take it away, ladies. Um, It was hard to watch Thandy. Thandy way. Thandy way. Tandy, Tandy way. way. Tandy. It was hard to watch that... Um. And I, when it posted, I saw a thread, Yaba posted it, Yaba, Yaba Belay has, her platform is all around colorism, and she made the, um, what is it, one drop, Um, so, you know, she was basically like, everybody, what are your thoughts on this, a lot of darker skinned women, a lot of black women, were disgusted and up. You just like, girl, be quiet. Um, I didn't feel disgusted by her. I felt she made me feel uncomfortable. She made me not dissimilar to the ways in which when white women are kind of caught with their pants down, they're kind of like crying. And, and thinking about it more, I think what made me feel uncomfortable was that I, I, I imagine that she's feeling a pain and a shame and a disconnectedness due to her being biracial. And I think where the disconnect in what she was trying to say was that that overshadowed the accountability that she was trying to like claim and it became similar to like white women like crying when they have made a microaggression or done done something versus managing the accountability in a way that it can be felt as um authentic and like focused on the person that has been hurt in this whereas uh, she took up a lot of space as the hurt person talking about hurting other people and I think that that's what felt kind of uncomfortable for me and kind of made a lot of other people angry Um, and that's kind of just my if I had any critique about that it's not about her being mixed or about her experience um but for me, that's what was just kind of like, uh, just kind of cringy in a way that was hard to really take in her trying to be accountable and her trying to say, like, this is hard for me, too, because it was kind of like 
yeah, it was it, it seemed focused I think on her. For for me, when I watched it, I was like, oof. And I I think I did the oof. Not because I did I felt like she was being absolutely genuine. Um, I don't think it was white woman crocodile tears at all. I'm, I'm not saying right? that. I equate... No, no, I'm not saying you're saying that. A lot of people were saying that. I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos and think pieces and shit like that. And they're like, white woman crocodile tears. We don't have time for it. And so I don't think it was that. I think that I have operated, and I've said this on this podcast, I've operated from a space of hyper awareness of I do I am hyper aware that I have privilege right I'm hyper aware that I look the way I look right and that for some people to them that means that I am other that I don't that I don't understand their pain right and that my experience is completely different. All of those things are very much true, right? But I want to highlight that the experience is different. I'm not trying to quantify them because what I did see is real pain and I can hold space for Thandi in that pain. I think that while she, while we say like, oh, she took up a lot of space and she does, I was watching interviews. I was like, God damn girl, shut the fuck up. Right? Thandie takes up a lot of space. And maybe she needs to be a little more aware of that and to offer space for other people. But I'm going to validate her experience as being something that is her experience and probably, and, and, and is deeply painful. It's deeply painful sometimes to be the recipient of the privilege and know that you're the recipient of the privilege, despite how much you detest it. And then to know that sometimes it's fucking out of your control. And then to know that you are going to be even more disconnected from the community you love the most as a result of it. And there's nothing you can do. So you search for ways to prove and to show that, that you're not that, that you're not in alignment with this system, right? Despite how you benefit from it, but you still somehow benefit from it. So it's a complete mind fuck. What made me sad, and I actually commented on Yaba's post and I was ha- I was scared to do it because I was like, either Yaba or somebody about to rip me up. But what I said was, I think that her execution was flawed, right? But I don't doubt for a fact that she has real pain and I feel that I wish she would ask more questions I wish she would have stated it differently by her saying, take your men. That's something she heard. That's not something she pulled from the sky. I've heard that. I've heard that from people. You, you, you run around here, you take our men, you this, you that. And I'm like, me, I've, I am. So that's, that's even why at times I haven't identified as a quote unquote Black woman, I've walked into spaces and said, you, you identify me however you feel comfortable because I understand that it's, 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 I understand that maybe I need to take the back seat in this situation. That your very presence almost is like a trigger for some people. It is. It's a trigger yeah. for our own, some of our own family yeah, members, no? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, 
it's interesting because when you sent it to me, because I've seen uh, ten, uh, Tandy Way, I've seen Tandy Way in many interviews, and she takes up a lot of space with her perspective, and not just when it comes to race, but she takes up a lot of space when it comes to, she projects her experience onto others a lot of times. I do want her to ask more questions. And so that was my knee-jerk reaction. But then, Anson and I went back and I watched it again. Mm-hmm. And what came up in me, I had to sit with it, and it was very uncomfortable. I had to sit with the fact that I felt like, wow, there was something that was triggered in me that said, wow, this woman is allowing herself to take up space with a pain that I understand deeply that I feel like I have to hide that I don't feel the privilege of being able to share in any space because it's misunderstood because I like, I have been thinking to myself, where is the, where is the space for the nuance of my experience? Mm -hmm. I don't know where that exists because I'm being constantly told how I should identify. You know, it's interesting because you allow people to tell you you know, or you allow people to tell you how you should identify when you walk into spaces. I started, or how they identify how they me, I, not how right, I how, should how identify. How they identify you. How right, they identify right. me. Right. I, I, I still show up. I want to be clear. I still show up completely as myself in every space. You, I'm you in. absolutely do, and I will. I will be honest. I cannot say the same for myself. That mm-hmm. has been a lifelong journey of how mm-hmm. do I show up in spaces as myself. I don't know how to show up in a space as myself because I'm one, I was a very sensitive child. I became hyper aware of like, I I was bullied a lot. Um, and I became aware that something about me was wrong in whatever space I was in was too much. And to be clear, you were bullied. Why? Well, it depended on who I was around. So uh, when I, I remember being told on the schoolyard by a young, dark-skinned black girl that I thought the sun rose and set on my ass. And I remember being like, I don't even know what that means, but I remember hearing that. And I was like, I, I wasn't that kid that was like, look at me. I was shy. So I didn't even mm-hmm. understand what she was talking about. Um, but some little boy had a crush on me. This is like third grade. And what's so sad about it is as I've gotten older, I'm like, wow, in third grade, as young what girls, was she, dealing she was being right. She was aware of the difference of how she was being yeah. treated. And I had no under, I had no understanding of that at that time. What I, which highlights the difference in the, in the experience. Absolutely. That's my yeah. privilege, I guess, but it's different yes. because I was also the recipient of a lot of pain from people who I wanted to be in community with. Deep pain mm-hmm. from from feeling like I was rejected um, at a young age, um, and so and then and then becoming friends with a lot of white people and white girls, and then having that moment of high school, and then being rejected by them because now it was very clear that I was black, and they didn't want to be around me anymore because I was the black girl, and so like constantly feeling like I don't fit in wherever I am. And it's, it's odd because in our family dynamic, I'm the quote unquote darker one. In the bigger scheme of things, I'm light skinned. But in our family dynamic, we would go to a family Christmas party. What are you trying to say? I'm not. <laughs> you light. You light skinned. <laughs> Iridescent. But, go ahead. But we would go to the family Christmas party and 
you could point me and dad out amongst everybody. We would stand out. You're talking about mom's and mom's family. family. Yeah. And mom's family. We would go to the family Christmas party, which is a huge family. And it was like, where's Waldo? And you could see me and dad, like, you know, and I was aware of that. I was aware of how much I stood out. And so feeling like I don't fit anywhere. And so going back to uh, Tandy way, I was listening to her and I was like, wow, she's allowing herself to be really flawed in how she's expressing this. She's allowing herself to say it and, and, and me being, like you said, being speak, and I wasn't always hyper aware. I became hyper aware. Yeah. I became hyper aware. And the more aware I became, the more I started to shrink myself in spaces because I didn't want to feel uncomfortable. I didn't want to feel like I was making other people uncomfortable and I didn't want to feel uncomfortable. And so I'm watching her take up a lot of space being messy with her pain. And I was triggered by that. Like, there was a part of me that was like, why do you, you know, like you messed it up for the rest of us mixed, mixed women. Like you don't say it like that. You're going to offend these people, going to offend those people. But that's my stuff because that's what I carry from feeling like I don't know how to, I don't know how to exist as myself. And I was, when I was younger, I remember being told by one of the uh, mothers at the dance school, where, where we had a good community, I think, of, of being surrounded by a lot of black people. I felt like that was a safe community where I felt like I belonged. At the same yep. time, it became, I became aware of there was this idea that, oh, well, you're being picked to be in the lead or in the center because of how you look. And, and I remember being like, well, damn, like, is that because I'm light-skinned or is that because I'm a good dancer? And questioning my own, who I am, questioning, you know, my talent, questioning my abilities, because it's like, I don't know if why if the reason why I'm here has anything to do with me as a human being. And then being told by, by one of the mothers at the dance school, just so you know, you're black. And mm. I was like, oh, okay. Which is why I started to identify as black. And I remember the conversations around Tiger Woods when Tiger Woods tried to claim his full identity and black people being upset with that, being feeling like he was rejecting them. And so then I started to think, well, I don't want to, I don't want anyone to feel like I'm rejecting them. And I don't identify as white. I can never walk into a space and claim that I'm white. I don't even believe in whiteness. I'm like, okay, but where are you from though? You know, where are we from though? What's our actual, um, his, you know, what's our history? Who are, where are people from? That's what I'm interested in. Um, so I've never claimed whiteness, but then I've also felt like, well, <laughs> okay, I'm black, but then you go in black spaces and then people are like, okay, but you, you're mixed though. <laughs> and you're like, I can't I, win. I think this is interesting because I had girlfriends over. I wish I could have invited her on. What an interest. She needs to come on one night. But a girlfriend of mine, Jasmine Walker, she's a, another actress. She was over here and we got into a conversation. Um, we were watching Sam Jay's show on HBO. And so there was a woman on who happened to be a black, she identified as black conservative and she was probably more fair than I was. And so another woman here, of Nigerian descent said, is it me or do women who look like her always have to be so rah, rah, black power? It's like, what are you overcompensating for? And so my friend Jasmine, 
who is brown a brown skin black woman was very frustrated by that and she was saying you know the experience is different you know because she what my what my other girlfriend was saying was like you know you're you want to be so rah rah but you didn't go through what we went through you don't know this you don't know that and i said to an extent that's very true we didn't go through what you went through but the experiences are just different and so you brought up where are you from where are your people from i think it's interesting too that tandy way is not american and so there's another clip where she's talking about black americans and how she has received the most race, she's received what she called the most racism from black Americans. And she said, in in where I came up, I was considered dark skin. I'm dark skin where I came up, just like you. I'm dark skin. And I, she got to America and everybody was like, well, you're fucking light skin. You got this kind of hair. You got this, 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 like you ain't shit. Fuck out of here. And she couldn't wrap her mind around that. And so the rejection she felt gutted her, you know? I have to say that in her in her um, kind of public penance, <laughs> that's what I like to call it, is what it seemed like, I think the sad part for me was that it was so obvious that she was claiming other, and maybe it, maybe we all do that, I don't know, but her attachment to other was I think was what was getting in the way of her really relating and being able to speak the language and having the having the cognizance to ask questions or pose what she was saying differently to have a certain level of sensitivity around what she was saying. But I think it was a really raw moment, an unfiltered moment that came out. Um, but I have to say, I applauded it, and that's going to probably piss a lot of people off. But I do think that this experience, we're on a podcast where we talk about duality as a thing. We're not a monolith. We are made up of so many different experiences, right? My girlfriend, my other girlfriend, she was raised by two white parents, brown skinned girl, and she suffered certain, not being invited into certain spaces because she was other, even though she looked like everyone else. I'm saying that to say everyone's experience is different within this country. And it's it's just magnified here in a way that makes a lot of sense based off of our history. And, and I think that it's important that we, that we allow people, that this work of what something you were saying is coming into the space fully as yourself, regardless of how people you allow people to identify you, is really deeply painful. Mm-hmm. It's really hard, hard work, and it takes years and years. So I think for me, what saddened me in listening to the responses and reading the responses was how quickly our community disregarded her. Fuck you. Like... And, 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 you know, a lot of people, you're well within your right. That's rooted in real experience and pain, and you have every right to feel that way. Got you. But it did sadden me because this unlearning and this undoing, we, got, we have to have grace. Like, sh- hold her accountable. Hold her ass accountable. Tell her what you need and what was unacceptable. But just do that and do it in a way where it's like, yo, we, we, 
you in we trying to let you in here. <laughs> We're trying to we, we want to put our arms around you, sis, but you fucking killing us. This ain't it. Figuring out a way to do that lovingly. And maybe, and then the mind fucked here for while I'm saying this is maybe I'm able to do that because my experience is different. Yes. And I can acknowledge that. Yeah. So maybe I'm an asshole for even asking that of women who don't have the time or space for that. But then I ask, how do we... How do we have these conversations? How do, how do, how we, do we go heal? about this? Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. what Shanti was saying about when white women get upset and they 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 start crying and it's like, you know, I'm not here to take But that's care. a white woman that like called the police on a black no, man no, no, for watching no, a fucking no, bird. No, not... She's talking about, well, go ahead. I, I no, because well, the tell point me of what her, you mean, the discussion that Thandy brought, Thandy Way brought it up, right? The, she brought up the way, her privilege. And that was the focal point of what she was sharing was her privilege and how she is put in situations and is found to be attractive in all these different ways. When you, the way that she broke down and cried, the impact, the sincerity, the, the potency of her accountability was overshadowed by her upset about how that hurt her and how that, you know, how her mom is dark skin and how tender that was and hard for her, which I'm not negating, but it, it, it took out the potency of the moment in which she as a light skinned woman could talk about her privilege. And that pissed everybody yeah, I, off. I disagree it wasn't with you. about her. I, it wasn't about her being biracial. Like it wasn't about her biracial angst or experience that wasn't the focal point her the focal point was like yo I get these roles I get these men and it hurts me because my mom looks like you and it hurts me yeah, I'm I hurt that's why I disagree also, I don't think her vocal point was the privilege her vocal point was the pain that it causes her yeah, to she, be disconnected from her community she, your, your, your audio cut or your video cut out so you missed what Tina was saying but go ahead Tina no, no, I was just saying, she also said towards the end, she was talking about, um, oh God, now I lost it. Brain just went blank. What was she talking about at the end? Oh, she, she was talking about um, how she also has experienced prejudice. And so she does connect to that, but feeling like she's not, you know, she wasn't allowed to tell this story because she's light skinned and because, right. She, but then she were to be in pain. Right. Right. So it's, it's really nuanced. And I think, I don't know how, how can we have, have spaces of holding ourselves accountable if there's been no, uh, space to, to be validated in your own unique experience. I, I don't know because it's or a it's, few spaces. There's some spaces. Um, yeah, okay, there's there's some spaces. I'm talking about Phew. I'm talking about in a larger sense, I guess. Mm -hmm. In a larger sense where these conversations to me, I feel like this is just me and, and my personal experience. I feel like the spaces that I have to, to have these conversations are very private. And if I'm in a space with with women, with with, with brown and dark skinned women, I'm shutting up. Yeah, girl. Thandy fucked up with that. 
But I'm, yeah. but 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 is that but is agree. that okay? Is the question that I don't is think not that's okay. okay? Why can't I have space to also share what my experience is? I've been in spaces with women who with with women who are literally telling me what the mixed race experience is, and I've had to say, "I'm so sorry. Actually, that's not my experience." I'm so and also, right? so let's take like, it away from Tandy Way. Let's let's take her out of this and just talk. Right, because let's not make it specific to her, because she's a very specific woman who does take up a lot of space on every interview. She she's really in. does. <laughs> Woo, you'd be like, girl, shut the fuck up. But for us, I or for anyone, I think that we have to. I think that just because you have privilege does not mean that you don't have a different human experience, a lived experience that has every right to be acknowledged and validated. But how do you, how do those convers, because I think there's something with very, a lot of care, something very real to what Shanti's saying, because that the, well, the that, tears, yeah. her tears are possibly triggering to someone else who has, who she's speaking about. And guess what? The, and, and it's triggering to her to not be able to cry. Absolutely. They're both triggering. Yeah. Doesn't mean the conversation doesn't have to happen. I think that's what people are not getting. Like, yeah, I might trigger you, but the fact that I have to suppress who I am and how I feel is triggering to me as well. That's that's the caveat there that people are forgetting. Yeah. That everybody's just shut up. You you don't have the same experience. No. That's where I am. Now, am I going to walk into every space and do that? Hell no. Some spaces you have to go in and you have to have some real insight in, into who you are around. I'm not going to walk into a new space and insert myself about, you know, my experience. I need to, in, in a lot of spaces, show and prove. Sadly. Show and prove? And, and I need to show and prove that like, I'm safe. I'm actually about this shit. That I'm that that I actually am a part of this community. That I am who I say I am. That I'm not just some fucking girl with a my mom that thinks it's cool to be black so and are from around the way. It, yeah, you feel, it, you feel that you're, you walk into spaces and there's automatically an assumption of mistrust. But I, when I say show and prove, I mean that like not show and prove and prove to everybody like, hey, I really am black. Not that. But show and prove that I care about the space, that I am deeply connected to the space. I think everybody has to do that regardless of what you look like. Because you could be the blackest motherfucker and not care about the space. But that's a different conversation though, right? Like- but no, it's, it's not to me because there's, there are certain spaces. I've, coming up in Freedom School, coming up in um, at Harriet's Apothecary, things like that where I'm cognizant of... of Okay, this is a new space. Let me just respect the space in general. Let me understand what's what and who's who. But what Let me does not that just have to go do with ham. You, your 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 blackness. How does that? What does that? I understand that, but you having respect for the space and then you saying that I care. I'm, ta- I'm talking about. It's not about my blackness. It's about taking up space and 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 say and and and. Asking for people to make space and hold space for me to talk about my lived experience. I think I think we all generally first need to feel every space out and be like, do you have the capacity for this? Because sometimes it's, it isn't about us. And sometimes it's not about them. This conversation, like, 
but collectively, it, we have to be having these conversations and come together. I'm just saying that there has to be a, there has to be thoughtfulness of how you have these conversations, who you're around. Because Shanti, you're saying that right now, but you literally said <laughs> she took up too much space, and the and the tears were the thing that was like she centered her own pain, and it should and it should have been about her privilege or that's what it would. I don't think it was, she was trying to say like, I think the privilege thing was secondary. Honestly, I think she was trying to apologize and say, this is painful. And the re and she went on to say, the reason why I connect to this role is because I have experienced racism as a result. She said this of, of being other, of being looked at as other. So I could connect to being, to to being an outsider. I, I think I think the foundation or the source for all of this, like with you know um, folks feeling tired, folks being exploited, blah blah blah. There's all of these symptoms, right? And we never quite go to the source of being you know capitalism, being the fact that wealth is not evenly distributed and you know the powers that P want to keep it that way. I think also in this conversation just like white supremacy is the root of this and it's not a failing mm-hmm. or a fault of anybody cuz we're just fucking born into our bodies right. and have our biochemistry that we can't help it. Like you can't help it how your hair curls or how it doesn't curl. Um, but then we're born into this, this, this country in America specifically in which colorism is, is the byproduct of racism is a byproduct of white supremacy is the byproduct of like chattel slavery and rape and like such traumatic things that we don't often like, I feel like it's not, it's not, we don't often go back to that. And then it does become like this identity thing of like, and an experience thing when it's like, but why, why is this valid to you? Why is this even the discussion in the first place? Why is this such a painful thing in the first place and how absurd and perverse that it is a conversation in the first space because it's just fucking biology at the end of it. It's not anybody's um, fault. And I, and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's important that we, when we do discuss it and when we have these, co- these collective conversations, I feel like that has to be like the thing that we all remember and we're all a victim of the dark skin and the light skin women. We're all mm-hmm. fucked up in the head by this. And it's global. It's like a global. You go to India, mm-hmm. you go to China, mm-hmm. everybody's fucked up by colorism in a specific way because of of white supremacy. So I don't know. And and then it gets really tricky because the closer you are to white, we now have this idea, the less pain you can claim right the less victimization you can claim when it's like white people are the most fucked up of everybody and they are the least victimized and when it comes to to colorism so i think it's like this 
we have to see how warped it is. Like white people are the are the most fucked up in their head around colorism and probably the biggest victims and perpetuators of it. But here we are, you know, here we are. Like, where do I fit on this spectrum of whiteness? Really? Like white supremacy. Where do I fit on this narrative of white supremacy versus, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's like the, uh, yeah, the root cause, you know, that's, that, that that's that's tricky i think when we're when we're in the space of being triggered mm-hmm. to remind ourselves of the root cause mm-hmm. it's it's important to have these kinds of conversations though so that we can not be oppositional not be on opposing sides that we can be able to listen with an openness um and 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 and, and a curiosity i think i think we need to have more curiosity i think there are a lot of assumptions that sometimes get made when you talk about privilege this idea of privilege sometimes uh diminishes the possibility of that person having any pain mm-hmm. yeah there's real privilege in in proximity to whiteness there is there's also a lot of pain mm-hmm. a lot and 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 if we only focus on the privilege then I feel like that's dehumanizing to an individual, no matter what color skin they are. Um, are we ready to extend that to the white people? Like I, that type I, of compassion and like, what? I, I, think, I, think, I, think, we Joe Rogan. I think we have to, actually. I think that's wow, something that that's people funny. are not ready to talk about. Wow. But I remember, so Anthony, you were with me. Remember when we went to that, um, it was about La- Audre Lorde, but um, Angela Davis spoke. It was mm-hmm. when we went at Marcus Garvey. Yeah, um, no, Baker Evers. Yeah, and um, one of the speakers, and I'm forgetting her name now, talked about how the victim, the the biggest victims of white supremacy are white people because it actually dehumanizes them. If you have to think, it's kind of like the Toni Morrison quote. If you have to think that your whiteness makes you better than other people, you are literally mm-hmm. living an existence of being of dehumanizing yourself consistently yeah, unwell. and that's that's robbing you of of an actual human lived experience now i don't know how to hold space for for that i don't know that white people are aware of that level of their own pain that they're walking in all the time and then also like spreading to everyone else in in the way that they move through the world because that's pain if you have to hurt people the way that you do and dehumanize them you're in a lot of pain Hurt people, hurt people. It's basic, but it's also like really complex and nuanced. And so like, I don't know how to hold space. It just gets so layered and overwhelming. And it, it's probably, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to make this assumption, but I can't imagine being someone who's experienced life as a dark-skinned person and the, the level of, mm. of inequity and injustice that you experience right. and then try to hold space mm. for a light-skinned person. Be like, okay, tell me about your pain. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how one would do that. But And and so that's what I'm saying. As It could be equivalent it, or it could be similar to how we're like, I can't imagine holding space for these that, fucking white that's folks. That's the point that I'm making. So right. I'm like, okay, so then do we need like mixed race circles where we talk to each other i don't know like what's the answer oh god how do we no. feel like we're listen that gets really tricky i think we're we all, have to we get all back. have different experiences in that that's not this, we're not a monolith either i just i know but i don't want to create mixed space circles for some reason that just feels <laughs> well it's happening child this world <laughs> is getting why? what is it it just feels tricky to why? me why um <laughs> I uh, ain't enough milk does know. for internet. <laughs> ain't enough dark <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Wait." laughs> She ain't no, trying to I, calculate. 
I feel no, no, no. I just for, feel like, like you know. I I, I think they're definitely. I, I don't know. I I like my spaces. Someone said something this weekend, or I don't remember who said it. I don't remember. I know who said it. I don't remember why or the context. But he said, you know, when you're talking about diversity, you need to you need to remember your own humanity. And I keep going back to our individual humanity. He was like, you're only diverse, as diverse as your dinner table looks. And he was like, honestly, how many people are you inviting into your world? Are you really about diversity in that way? Are you really about it? Or are you in your group and you're talking about it? And I that slapped me in the face because I was like, oh, I know white friends have... I do. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't have. Yes, I do. Pia, and she can play spades. But I, I, um, I that slapped me in the face of like, ooh. I know that I have interest in folks, but have I really like done the work to get to know them and to inquire about their lived experience, their human experience? And I think for white folks and for all folks, but especially white folks. I just like with Joe Rogan, I'm like, I'm not going to cancel this bull because something wrong with you. And poor thing, I'm going to give you some grace to fix it. You just, you said all the right things. Let's see if you really believe it. And I have the capacity to do that. I don't, I, but the, I'm remembering my humanity by remembering his and by also acknowledging that not everybody will have the space to do it. So if I can, I will. That's it. I think we all just have to remember that we are connected. And I'm not about to say nothing dumb like, we're all the human race. No. Feels like... I hate that kind of shit. But we <laughs> we are connected and we all have very varying um, experiences here on this, on this world. You know, a, a, mic, a, a white and black person in London has a different experience than a white and black person in... In America, Shit, you and I have very South different Africa. experiences. We're sisters. We grew up in the same house, and as mixed race, yeah, people, just based off of how we have different chose to operate. You can say chores or like, how how our relationships with the people in our family influenced us. Oh yeah, there's that too. Yeah, of course. Chose the wrong person. It's like I'm like, <laughs> well, this is interesting. Much more conversations are needed. Um, I hope that we did our best in having this conversation and treating it with care. I hope to be held accountable for anything that I may have misstepped on, that we have misstepped on. And, you know, I hope that we can, I don't know, I hope that we can see each other. That's it. But... It's late, but we do have to... I, we didn't do it last time, Tina. You got to answer some rapid-fire questions, please. We got to end on a note. I absolutely did it last time. You did? Yes. All right, well, oh, we got yeah, new ones. But... Answer them again. Let's see if you answer them the same way, because I can't remember how you answered them, and I'm about to judge you. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. You know the drill, right? Yeah. You can... Okay. Just say... Yeah. Two seconds max. Yeah. Don't... Don't give us any explanation. You just go for it. Malcolm or Martin? Malcolm. Generational wealth or familial happiness? 
Bitch, you know the family familial <laughs> happiness. Well, she ain't mean that. <laughs> J versus Nas. J. Mac or Sephora? Sephora. Palestine or Israel? Palestine. In the light or in the dark? In the dark. Prince or Michael? Prince. Sweet or savory? Savory. Marriage or long-term commitment? Marriage. Oh, yeah, you're married. Trader Joe's or Whole Foods? Whole Foods. Voodoo or brown sugar? Brown sugar. Baby. <laughs> Family, or we already did it. A seat at the table or lemonade? Lemonade. Interesting. Evolution or creationism? Both. I hate this question. Excuse me. I hate this question. It's not, that's not. Creationism. Nikki or Cardi? Cardi. Missionary or doggy style? Quickly, please. I so can't can answer. Forward. This is a see, hard to, one. Uh, thank you. It's <laughs> she said that's a hard one. one. She said that's a hard one. <laughs> she ain't got the scut. Shame. Shame. Creationism and evolution. She was like, <laughs> oh, like God. <laughs> she was like, missionary or doggy style. That's oh, impossible. My God. Well, <laughs> what time of the day is it? Yeah. Um, okay. Protection or pull out in prayer? Protection. It's disgusting. Is it Uchi Wally Wally or is it one mic? <laughs> Is uh, Uchi Wally Wally. Is it Black Girl Lost or Shorty Owe You For Ice? Shorty Owe You For Ice. <laughs> Jesus. Love Jones. Shanti, get off of Instagram. Love Jones or Jason's Lyric? Love Jones. Sir or Rumi? It's a weird question. Rumi. I know. I hate that one. Lisa Bonet or Nia Long? Lisa Bonet. Bell Hooks or Audrey Lord? Audrey Lord. Oh. Mm. Make your man a plate or have him get his own. Make him a plate. Mm-hmm. Nuck if you buck or Annie up. Nuck if you buck. Rihanna or Beyonce? Beyonce. Wow. Biggie or Pac? Ah, Pac. Erica or Jill? Erica. Brandy or Monica? Monica. <laughs> Read a book or watch the movie? Uh, it depends. Um, watch the movie. Quick. Sundress or sweatpants? Sundress. Tony Morrison or Alice Walker? <sighs> what? Tony Morrison. Quickly, please. SWV or Escape? SWV. Flats or drums? <laughs> flats. Are you eating? She's eating meat again? Oh, she's eating flats. Interesting. I love it. Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. Travel back in time or travel forward, forward. in time? <laughs> Oh, she was, she was trying to go. She back. said, "I didn't made it out of the ghetto." Trying to go back, nobody. <laughs> Prove your point or pray for peace. <sighs> I'm Be trying. To, I'm trying to pray for peace these days. No, you just pick one now. I pray for peace. She did. It was what you did because that's it's not the truth. <laughs> that's why. I am a new um, fun in your twenties or wisdom of your thirties. Wisdom of your thirties. Love and light or money and dicks. Love and light. Corny. Oh, thank you so much for joining us, sister. Yes, 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 yes. I know it's late. Just, Would you like to tell people where to follow you, or do you want people to leave you alone? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, you must sink the sun. What is she, what she saying? You must think the, the sun rose and like, rises and shines on your ass. Oh, shit. Damn. A, a, a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old saying that to you. You know somebody Her said grandmother that her. said exactly. that to her. <laughs> I said, Damn. I thought about that so Shame. hard. I just kept imagining the sun rising. I was just very confused about how that worked. I was like, the sun rises and sets on my ass. 
Damn. On my ass? Well, on my butt, actually? On my butt? On my bare butt? <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. This was a long, a long one, but a, a long, long one episode, and it, and but it a just goodie. the surface, baby. And it's it just, we didn't even really dig in. It was good. Hmm. And with that, oh, one more thing. The, the young lady that left a voicemail that was very, um, she was asking us for advice on aloneness and on how to make decisions and get through life without being partnered. We're going to, we're going to address that next week. So I don't think we forgot about you, but it's happening. Very um, excited about the Valentine's Day aloneness love episode coming to you next week. So tune in for that. Um, and with that, we are out. Bye. You have just heard an Around the Way Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Aroundaway Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good. Call me crazy when I see you, baby. Got a smile about you. Something red wine about you In the evening hazy In a summer dress you slay me One smile you got me Pop gin pop act sloppy Mad about you Break my heart at the first sight Leaving me lost in the moonlight I'm mad about you Breaking my heart at the first sight Leaving me alone Now you call me, call me